This is DJ and PK, Utah's highest rated sports radio morning show for over 20 years. Ridiculously good. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. DJ and PK Hot Takes and Toast brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen with 30 years of serving Utah. PK, we got hot takes. People are down on the Jazz. Another bad road performance in a team that has had bad road performances on and off all year long. And now that we're at the end, well, at least the last third, the word tank is getting used a lot. Without Trey Young, the Hawks hammer the Jazz. How embarrassing is that? Alex, honestly, you can expect them to lose every night. Hashtag tank note. We went from mediocre to flat-out awful. No question about it, man. The thing about that game is they were never in it. They start off with turnovers and clank threes. Can we stop with the threes? The the whole goal is to get up threes. I could have played in the NBA then. (laughs) Because back in the day, I could have got up threes left and right. I want shots that go in. Six misses and six turnovers on the first 12 possessions. That was awful. A mess. Complete and total. You were never competitive in that game, and I don't want to hear the crowd was apathetic and you had to travel. They don't make excuses. It's other people making excuses. Uh, None of that. Suck it up and ball, and they just didn't. There was no competitive fire, no spirit. no. Somebody get a technical foul. Push somebody. Do something. Leroy. Marketing and the whole organization has given up on winning this year. It's very obvious that they have entered tank city. And then you know what else bothered me? Is this listeners, the people who I love, it's you. It bugged me. It was like a freaking dance party, high school reunion after the game. That used to only happen at the end of playoff series. And now it happens every Did I need these passionate hugs? Yes. And did I need them smiling? And carrying on, you just got your butts kicked, and your Collins was dancing. Did I need to see that? Am I off base? If I'm off base, people, let me know. Five six six sixteen forty seven, whatever that crap it is. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I don't know the number. I don't know the text line. I never knew. That's your job. Sarah had me reading fifteen things yesterday. It was pulling my hair out. That's that's your job, not my job. I don't make the rules. I know you don't, but <laughs> you were still telling me you got to do this, this, and this. I wouldn't have known them. If you would have blown it off, I wouldn't have known. I would have said, hey, don't blame me, blame Sarah. Uh, my job is to, to bring it. And to watch these guys, you, you couldn't have seen Quinn Snyder the night before or before the game. Or Collins, I realize he played there, but that they, it was like a wedding reception line. In Did t- I need that? After you got your butts kicked, how about you turn and walk to the locker room instead of, who gives a crap? I'm a millionaire. Hey, it's good to see you, Mike, Bob, Joe, Billy. Let's smile and carry on. We just embarrassed ourselves for 48 minutes, but it doesn't matter. I'm with my homies. This is great. Yeah, and? That bothers me. That's I know, what I'm saying. What but, do you mean, and? But you want honesty, and that's honest. I don't like it either. I don't think most fans like it. Could you at least be a little upset by losing? Granted, they'd had two and a half hours to get used to the concept because they were bad 
literally from the opening. Oh, they've tip lost off. six out of seven. They've had weeks. Yeah. Well, they knew once the trades were made. We're not going to the playoffs. This season is over. Let's just get through it. But but couldn't you at least be competitive against the Hawks? You'd like to think. Jaden, losing happens. I get it. But getting blown out by shorthanded teams is unacceptable. Right. If they lose playing good games, then I'm okay with it. The fans have lowered the bar, but it's some kind of limbo contest here, and the Jazz are now underneath the lowered bar. It used to be you had to win. Eh, now you don't have to win. You can lose. If you play well, then it's a good game. I just like to see some kind of emotion, some kind of passion, and, and it, it was sterile. It's like I was watching a bunch of robots out there. Maybe Sexton has it, and nobody else does. And then it was just, oh, well, we lost. Now it's time to be with my friends. Haven't seen him in a while. I mean, my gosh, if they're if you're that tight with these people, you got four or five months off. You got millions of dollars. Go visit them for a weekend. <laughs> well, they'll go work out together in L.A. or Miami. Fine. But, no. It's just walk off the court. Give him a little wave. There's a tunnel in back where there's no TV cameras. You yeah. can hug there. That's fine. Do it there. I, know. I, know. I think it was just, it was just bad optics to me. You got slaughtered. You weren't competitive, and then you're just yucking it up after the game. Tony, it's going to happen the rest of the season. We're not looking to win much. Just letting the young players get more minutes heading into the off season. Besides, we don't want to be in a playing game just to get destroyed. As much as we all want them to win, the reality is the Jazz won't. But I still enjoy watching them play. Hopefully the offseason is good and yeah. all this losing will help improve for next season. I didn't enjoy it last night. Absolutely didn't enjoy it. No. There's no way. That was not enjoyable. That was embarrassing. Hammered by the Hawks. Right. That was hell to get hammered by the Hawks. Stack up those H-words. Holy freak. Jacob, I said my piece about the Jazz in December. Thank goodness for BYU. What was your piece, Jacob? I don't know. He must have lit them up. He must have lit them up. <laughs> but he is on the record. He's not depressed in late February because he's moved on to college hoops. Oh, college hoops. It's so temporary, though. Darren, I mean, the plan was to tank the season for draft picks, so good job, Jazz. To get blown out? By 27 points to the Hawks, the 26 and 32 Hawks, who, with this win, at home, moved to an impressive 15 and 16. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you texted me yesterday, late arriving crowd, they ain't coming. It's Atlanta. Right. And it's been like that for decades. Exactly. This is not new. Right, it is. Hot Rod and Jerry Sloan went into Atlanta and were like, I don't think there'll be anybody here tonight. Right. Right. That That's that's the way it is there. Carlos thinks it's our fault. What are you expecting this season? And maybe next season. I'm expecting them to be able to come within 26 points of the Atlanta Hawks when the Hawks don't have Trey Young. That's what I'm expecting. Nope. You're missing the point. Nope. It's not about winning and losing. It's about showing me something. I saw more passion after the game than I saw during the game. Cameron, that's what we do. 
We played down to the level of the other team. No, you didn't. We're you played ex- down to the level of the worst G League team. We're expecting them to be <laughs> without key players instead of playing our brand of basketball. We should win these games handily. And I want to see more out of Hardy. I know he's the greatest coach since Snyder. I get that. We have a string of just having nothing but the best that come through here. I understand that. Uh, but where was this was a masterpiece of you know what? I came out of my chair and gave him a standing O when he said that. What was the difference between that? Who was that against Houston? No, that was at Dallas. Dallas? Masterpiece of beep. Right. Well, what Dog was the beep. difference? At least Dallas is points. a better team. Dallas is a better point. Maybe that maybe that was the only difference, and that's why it was twenty seven, not fifty. Done. I feel like I'm showing more passion than they showed. Done. The Jazz played one of the worst games I've seen. Amen. Bottom drawer. Bottom drawer? Reed, on the other hand, I don't get embarrassed by the Jazz anymore. In fact, I just don't expect anything with the Jazz anymore. You didn't expect more than what they gave you against the Hawks? I don't understand that. I did, but it didn't happen. I not only expect it, I demand it. Good luck with that. I don't I don't need luck. And I'm not going to change it. It's not about luck. It's about effort. It's about passion, determination. Luck is not involved. There's no luck involved whatsoever in that. Just show me something. Do something. Quit turning it over. Quit jacking up a bunch of bricks that have no chance to go in. That that That's luck? I need luck for that? I don't think so. Good luck getting them to change was my point, PK. The well, season is over. They are done. It has nothing to do with the season. It has nothing to do. We're not, this is not big picture. This is a Tuesday night in Atlanta. This is what I'm upset about. I'm not upset about them losing and all that. They made the trades. The results are going to be what they are. Y'all are missing the point, and you're a bunch of freaking idiots that are really getting under my skin here this morning, Mm -hmm. and I'm about this far away from swearing and getting myself in big trouble, (laughs) and it's going to be yours' fault. Yous are really, really, and I understand we can say piss now. You're pissing me (laughs) off. I like pissed better. But I heard somebody else use it, and they use it in the promo. So they did. Don't come I heard back that at me. Too. I heard yeah. that, too. Yeah. I'm expecting Standards. a better Sniffing. effort. That's what I'm talking about. You want a better effort. Are you really expecting yes, a better effort? Yes, I get yes. you want a better effort. This wouldn't happen under Jerry Sloan. No way. They had no one, way. They had one season like this under Jerry Sloan, and I'd have to go back and look how many times they got mauled by a bad team. They not rolled very over and played dead. From the get-go. They never exactly. showed up. Never showed up. Right. It was a they m- should have went out to dinner before the game with those guys. They should have just forfeited. There's, these are your tight friends. You love them. You were smiling up a storm. You got your rear end kicked by how many points was it? 27. 27 points. You should have went out. Let's let's just not even have a game. Let's just go out to dinner and and go to the, we know those clubs in Atlanta. I know you've been there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we have heard them though. I've been to Atlanta several times for work. And I stay in my hotel room the entire time. <laughs> and you have great Atlanta stories though. Yeah. I do. The fire at Georgia Tech. Multiple. In the hotel, down in the hotel restaurant was OJ Simpson. 
after the slaughterization of two people? I don't think I knew that story. Mm -hmm. I don't think you told me that. OJ was in your hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm expecting tomorrow against Orlando. Yes. Every game, I'm expecting an effort, a competitive fire. Absolutely, I'm expecting it. And I will continue to expect I will settle for nothing less at any time. Once you start, oh, no, 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 well, yeah, no, no, there's just no way. No, just, no. And I'm going to say it one more time. No. Fetch no. <laughs> I expect more of these. I don't think this will happen every night because I don't think that happens to anybody in the NBA every night. But I think they're going to be more of these. They're, they're playing out the string. Okay. And there are nights it looks like that, and but, this was one of them. Charlotte was disappointing, but it didn't look as bad as this. But oh, not even also, close. But they're also at home and yeah, all season long. I think you're missing a point here. They've shown up at home when they haven't shown up on the road. And they didn't show yeah. up on the road. This was about we're in Atlanta. We're with our buddies. I'm home. I'm going to hug so-and-so afterward. It seems like that's where they were more interested in. Outside of Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson tomorrow night, there's going to be nobody hugging each other. That's what I'm talking about. It seemed like they were more interested in doing that than playing the game. That doesn't happen every night. You don't go against your former coach, the one player who was there and hadn't been traded, and this was the first time he was traded. This this circumstances are they seem more interested in worrying about being with their buddies and talking and hugging and dancing with them afterward and smiling after you just got destroyed by 27 points. That's not going to happen every night. Not the dancing. But the hugs and the smiles, even in defeat, is not unusual in the NBA. Does it happen every night? I can't say it does because I don't watch for it every night. Not to that level. I've certainly seen it more. Well, dancing's a different level. But everybody's friends with everybody, and teams don't just turn and walk off the floor. Oh, sure they do. I see it all the time. The the Jazz, all these recent losses, when they're at home, the locker room's right there. Boom, they're out there. Go get out there. You're done. Game's we over. We will see more. Goodbye. We will see more hugging after more games. Not like that. Not you can justify. You you you're justifying it. I'm not. I will not justify it under any circumstance. I'm accepting that they're done and they've mailed it in, and it sucks. But the good news is, you and I don't pay a lot of money for tickets to go watch that stuff. But that has nothing to do with it. Mm, I think it does. Well, what what? Nobody paid any money to go to the game last night, and Jazz fans ought to be furious. No. But I, I don't go to games, so what's the difference? I watch them largely, home. i got to get up in the morning. They are largely disgusted. I mean, that's yeah. basically the reaction from this. Uh, and nobody paid anything to go to the game? Notes. No. And you're supposed to have a foundation pieces? And you got a quitters? Are your foundation pieces? Get rid of them all, then. I don't accept that. Stand by for this summer. I don't we'll think, see what happens. I don't think they're going to get rid of them all. And I don't think they're all quitters. But if I'm going to accept that premise, then I've got to... Except that they're quitters and don't give a crap. They're not professionals. They don't really care. And so I, they're only going to care when they win? Well, here's the deal. If you only care when you win, the problem is you're never going to win. By the time they're winning, a lot of the players who are here are going to be gone. Uh, they all are going to be gone. If none of them care about winning, then I want them all gone. Every single last one of them. But I don't believe that. 
I don't believe that they don't care about winning. Did you think they cared about winning last night or any of the other 10 times that they've just been torched on the road this year? I think they were distracted for the wrong reasons. And some of these guys, no, I don't think they're going to be there. As I'm looking at these guys, I don't expect a kid like Hendricks or George to be running around slamming scores tables and calling people out. They're too young. Right. They have no cachet in the league. They can't do that. Right. They're just, I mean, Hendricks is just a handful of games into it. At least right. George has basically been playing all year. We're coming up on 60 games here. But he's still a young pup. Yep. In two, three years, I'll make that evaluation. No. And Sensiball, I don't, I, I, these guys and Kessler, uh, I don't even want, I, I don't even know if I want them to talk yet. They're too young. To, to be doing anything. And Markin is a, is a laid-back foreign dude. So they don't really have that. They don't have passionate guys. I'm not asking for uh, Draymond Green or Dylan Brooks. I wouldn't mind along those lines of passion, especially a Draymond, who I believe you know really cares about winning, but you know, things have gotten out of control. I'm not asking for them to get out of control and be cheap-shotting people and so forth. But I'm just asking for a little bit more, man. Show some disgust in this. And I'm not going to accept anything but. I got Jerry Sloan, who'd been in the league for 40 years, pushing referees. <laughs> Things you didn't need. But nonetheless, he was all in. Right. And this team really has been smoked on the road. I'm looking at some of these brutal scores. Remember when they got blown out in New Orleans by 30? Like it was yesterday. Yeah. Blown out in Brooklyn. Blown out in Boston. And that doesn't even get to Dallas and the masterpiece? It does not. There have been a ton of these, and I suspect there will be more. DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Coming up next, Tim Lacombe, jazz radio analyst, former BYU assistant basketball coach. We will talk hoops with him about the jazz blowout and about the Cougars' great win in Kansas. We'll talk with him coming up next. Then it's a win tickets Wednesday. We'll give away tickets to see Santana at the Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater. And then Greg Rubel, radio voice of the Cougs, joins us at 9 o'clock. DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. years and still going strong utah's number one sports radio show for over two decades you're listening to dj and pk on 97.5 the ksl sports zone PK. Brought to you in part by America First Credit Union. Get the official debit cards of the Utah Jazz University of Utah Sports. We also like it more exclusively at America First Credit Union. Shell Branch was born in Sedona, Arizona. Sedona? Yeah. The closest thing we have to St. George and the Red Rock in our my home state. A little higher elevation. 
I remember being there as a kid a couple times. Montezuma's Well, Montezuma's Castle. There's cliff dwellings there. I remember walking around looking at them. I think it was in like the third grade or something. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of ways mm. off the off the freeway, but up up in that direction, sure. Yeah, and she uh, enrolled and took voice lessons at NAU, my first college. And still, where your heart is. My lumberjacks. The lumberjacks play the Sun Devils. Who do you root for? Well, that's not a fair fight. It really isn't. <laughs> but still, you want the Lumberjacks to pull the upset? Yeah, but it's not. I mean, in football, it doesn't really work. But in basketball, it could. Uh, yeah, but I don't, they, they don't have, the Devils don't ever go up there. Uh, but it would be cool. Yeah, I'm a Lumberjack at heart. There's no question about it. That's where, that's where I went and uh, learned a lot of things about getting my life in order. That's for sure. I was 17 years old when I went there. Just a kid. Yeah. A pup. Just getting started. Right. Did you do radio and TV up there? They have that stuff, or is that stuff you figured out when you went back to ASU? I did. My my plan was to do print and then do uh, radio TV. So I switched when I went to ASU. But that was my I wanted to get training in both. Mm-hmm. And you can do that at NAU. And I chose print first mm-hmm. and then did uh, the electronic stuff afterwards. So I graduated in electronic, but the plan was to try to get both. And so that I actually had a plan at 17. Not a kid. amazing unto itself. I did about it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Because I, I, I knew I wanted to be in sports, and I wasn't good enough to be a player. And my dad wasn't a coach, so I wasn't going to get in that way. Bang. <laughs> DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. It's time to talk basketball with Tim Lacombe, former BYU assistant. Now you hear him on the Jazz pre-half and post-game shows. Tim brought to you in part by Sphere. And are you a business owner? You have better things to do than job hunt or scramble to find your next great hire. Let Spherian staffing and recruiting do it. Visit Spherian online at spherian.com slash Utah. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. I imagine I imagine the uh, Cougar coaches and the Jazz coaches are waking up with a very different uh, feeling this morning, and you've probably woken up with that feeling in the uh, pit of your stomach after a horrific loss, and you've and you have awakened just coming off the glorious high of a big, big road win, the roller coaster that is coaching. Oh yeah, roller coaster that's coaching. Um, you know you. <laughs> The, the the euphoria that sort of deal that happens from time to time and man you soak that in I I would imagine there was a throng of people at the airport last night in Provo um, I am a little tired yeah? yeah did you fly down there I drove down there I wanted to welcome them oh, back okay. yeah I just wonder if it, your your arms are tired or you're just fatigued Ayo. no no, I, I just put in my uh, – got my Rambler on and in my car, and I drove down there. I love it. I Yeah, so it was – yeah, big win there. You know, I don't know if the NBA – a, a bad loss, if you even feel it anymore. There's so many games. But um, it was definitely the tale of two <laughs> two, two nights there. Um, I was doing high school games, so it was kind of funny just to sit back and watch – the scores and 
man, to win the first time you, you go into the fog was pretty cool. Yeah, their three free throw defense uh, for the Cougars was just absolutely awesome. Kansas, 19 of 31. Uh, and, and they played without their best score. I get that. But to me, that's just inexcusable. Do you, do you think, and how much do you think that, you know, that's a mental thing, thinking that when you go into the arena as you're walking in, you're Kansas, you're at home, you don't lose there, you're playing a team that, you know, decent team for sure, but it's really struggled on the road here of late. The last couple of Saturdays beating teams that they should on paper be better than and getting beat double digits in both games. So I'm wondering if Kansas just was a little bit off mentally and didn't bring the kind of intensity and focus that they needed because as they look at the opposition thinking maybe we got this. Um, Probably a little bit of everything, I would imagine. I mean, not to have, you know, the McCullers, they have not been as good without him. Right. Um no doubt. They, but at the same time, like you said, it was it was the confines of a very friendly place to them. Um, from my, you know, everything I heard, the officials tried to help them, um, and you know, they just went at the line 1931, and, and you're gonna you're gonna pay the price, and you miss that many free throws at home. Uh, I think part of it too is, and I think BYU really put pressure on them. They were in the game the whole time. Um, you know, it's awesome when you're in that arena. I, I think back to when we beat Gonzaga that year at third place, they were undefeated. They were number one in the country. And, you know, we went in there, we actually got down really bad early, but, uh, you get a game close, particularly in the second half in a place like that where teams don't lose and man, things get tight. You can actually feel it, you know, and I would imagine BYU kind of felt that last night. Three-game win streaks are really hard to come by in the Big 12. As much as we can say, hey, they were missing their big dog, and they were, when they had them earlier, they didn't win three in a row in conference either, and that's just kind of the nature of the Big 12. And I wonder emotionally, Kansas playing Oklahoma and Texas for the last time before they take off. Those aren't the best teams in the league. Houston and Iowa State are, but I bet it still got played up and there was a lot of emotion around those games and just beat those teams. So in a way, maybe it's set up for BYU too. Yeah, hey, regardless, you, or should I say, in tribute, irregardlessly. Nice. Irregardless. I like irregardlessly. Uh, Go with that. <laughs> yeah, that's even better. That just adds to the narrative. It does. It does. Irregardlessly, <laughs> I kind of fell into that one. Um, they won the game. They went on the road at Kansas, um, and it's just a, man, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Um, you know, kind of solidifies their their tournament chances and, and their seed, you know. That's a big win for seeding. So all, all the way around, just a glorious win. Probably one of the best wins in the history of that place, and there's been a lot of good ones. So uh, big-time congratulations to Coach Pope and the team, and um, excited to watch this team in March. I think the Big 12 is the best thing that's ever happened to BYU basketball. What do you think? I do too. Uh, I mean, it's been a it's been a, a big you know, it's been cyclical obviously the, the fall from and having to leave the Mountain West, you know, a conference that was a really good basketball conference that 
you know, BYU really worked hard to kind of become the king of. Um, and, you know, the WCC was definitely kind of a, it's almost like you're going 75 miles an hour and you hit a concrete barrier. Um, but I think BYU's back in a place where they're unique. Um, they play a unique brand. I think that has been one of the big revelations and something you got to give Coach Pope and BYU a ton of credit. They they went into this league and realized they had to be different and had to play different. And last night they outscored Kansas, what, 30 from three? Yes. Um, and that's it's really paid off to be able to shoot that many threes, you know, every night and, um, you know, outscore Kansas last night from three big time. Fantastic win, and now you follow it up with TCU, who at eight and seven has the exact same conference record, and at nineteen and nine is only one game worse overall, and has a sixty-eight sixty-seven win over Houston. So, uh, just welcome to the Big Twelve, and uh, and momentum doesn't last very long in this league. Going back to three-game winning streaks and all that. No, I, I really like the way that uh, you know it, it, it's a test every night. Um, you've got another great coach coming in, Jamie Dixon, who uh, has been doing this a long, long time, and he's got his team playing good. But the Marriott Center is a different place for all these teams, and they'll, they'll kind of see that when they, you know, when they they enter the confines. But I think um, I think that win really, you know, last night it takes a ton of pressure off. I think again, seeding was a big deal. I'm hoping last night kind of punched the ticket to be able to get because I think BYU's had a magical year. They should be able to play close to home. Um, so now it just comes down to winning a couple of these games, and I think they'll take care of TCU. Um, it's been a team. This team has not – they struggled on the road just to get their traction, but this team has been competitive most every night. So particularly at home, get this thing. And now I really do believe you're just playing for seeding. Um, you go into a tournament – probably for the first time that like without any doubt, you don't have to win a game. Like, I don't think BYU, there's any pressure um, to finish these games off here, beat TCU, play for seeding. When you were coaching, as you said, you've had some big wins. Uh, Gonzaga comes to mind, obviously. Uh, what does the coach do though, to put it behind you? Cause it's all well and good. It's nice. Celebrate wildly, but it's just, you know, another win in that way because the season is not close to being done. So you got to get past it and you somehow got to move on uh, to be able to be prepared for the next one. So there's no, in terms of, uh, you know, talk about losing teams uh, getting beat twice because they have that hangover, but there's a possibility of a winning team too and not having that focus. So how do you do that to make sure great, but you still got other games to go? It really comes down to, you know, the pulse on your team, um, the culture, uh, and then just human nature. I mean, I think it's human nature to, um, you know, have a big win and, and, and enjoy it. Um, but I, I have not seen this team not prepared. I've, I've not seen this team come out and not be ready. So I think that speaks to culture. Um, obviously, last night, I'm sure they just loved it and, 
you know, by the sounds of it, you know, PK, you being down there, the, the airport mm-hmm. must have been just crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I was passing out cider to, I was just randomly hugging. I was like the Jazz after their game last night uh, with the uh, Atlanta Hawks. I was just hugging everybody in sight. Yeah, no doubt. So I would imagine uh, all that being said, that folks got these guys primed and ready. This is a very, very strong group of guys who you can tell um, they, they just want to win. You know, there's been a couple of years, you know, a group of these guys did not have great years. They finished, you know, as poorly in the WCC as any team ever had at BYU. So to flip that around, the guys existing that were there and just go to work and grind it out, uh, really impressive. Go to work and grind it out. Not something we can say about the Utah Jazz. They have now been blown out by 20 points or more 10 times on the road this year. How many speeches are left when you're a coach? What do you say? What do you do? Who can you move in or out of a lineup or take playing time away from? How do you get the message through when it feels like the team's just looking at the finish line, just trying to get there? And there have been a bunch of these beatings over the course of the year on the road. There have. Um you know, I think that obviously since the deadline, there's going to be um, you're going to be nights where the team just does not function well. There's a bunch of uh, and I saw last night Keontae really struggled to shoot the ball um, in a lot of minutes. And so, again, I think it's been clear this is a developmental time for some of the young guys. Um, they are in a a period of time where, I mean, last night I was really shocked to see because Atlanta has not been very good. Um, so, yeah, I think it's – the NBA is a different beast. Um, you know, you talk about winning and losing and reacting. Uh, the games, they, they fly at you so quickly um, that, you know, I, I, akin to college, I just think you're talking about different things, wins and losses. Um, but right now – there's no doubt in my mind that this is a period of time where the Jazz are trying to accomplish a couple of different things. You know, winning games, um, important, but development, getting guys reps, getting guys evaluated, probably more important right now. And I agree with that, but I got to see a better competition. I mean, they were never in that game. They came out and sucked right from the start. And I, I just think that 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 that's just not good and i can spin it i can be positive all you want but it's all fake and listeners don't want to hear fake they want to hear real uh i mean what can they do to make sure that they're at least competitive we're not asking for a whole lot here and right from the start they were not competitive you know i i don't know for sure i maybe you could release a bear in the locker room um just to create a frenzy send me (laughs) i'm ready to go i wouldn't mind going Um, to orlando put me on a plane yeah, are you? Would you be the caged animal? Just release you. You can crawl around like Gollum and make a scene. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I was around Majerus for a decade. <laughs> you know how to. You know how to. You know how to create a little uh, excitement, don't you? Yeah. Yes, I learned the tricks. I heard them all. <laughs> I mean, and I'm being facetious, but I don't really. You know, I've never coached in that league. It's a different animal, and I'm with you. I did. Unfortunately, I was watching, or fortunately, I was watching, I was watching two really good high school games where both teams sold out. 
and both teams really wanted to play. Um, and I think sometimes you run into that a little bit in the NBA too. Um, you know, saw some of the veteran shooting numbers. I mean, Clarkson's on a really stru- he's in, he's really struggling right now. He's two for ten. Um, you know, I saw that Sexton had more shots than Markinen. You know, I can only look at the box because I didn't get to see the game. But some of those things, you know, just got to they've got to figure out. And um, when this team's good, they play a certain way. Um, they play competitive, engaged, and locked in on the defensive side. And then when things slip, you know, they get a little ISO happy. Shots are not as uh, measured. And, you know, guys kind of get out on their own. And, again, not seeing the game yet, can't speak to it, but looking at the box would tell me some of those things probably happen. I want to go back to releasing a bear in the locker room. Where did that come from? Who told you that first? That's good. I like that. I like the visual. It'll get the adrenaline. I don't know. I, I, adrenaline I thought we were on. I thought we were on radio. I certainly paid homage to the, um, you know, the Jackie Moon because <laughs> they released the bear in the arena. You guys remember that, right? You saw that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I follow you. Okay. Does DJ did you, DJ, I did not. Did you see that movie? I did not, Semi-pro? but I I, fig- I figured that I did not see that. No. Okay, you have an assignment. <laughs> Watch semi pro in some of your free time. Okay. I don't know when you're going to crack that with soccer and everything else, but find semi pro. <laughs> they release a bear in the arena. It's hysterical. I had the opportunity the other night to speak with uh, Craig Smith, the University of Utah basketball coach, and he suggested yes. that we go out for lunch. So I could tell him some of Jerry's stories. What would you say would be the top two or three that I should tell him? Well, I think the AD one's always good. The what? Say that again. The athletic director one, where you know it was early on in my tenure, but the AD at Utah would come in from time to time to watch practice. Uh huh. Sit about ten, twelve rows up. Yeah. And. Majerus would be known to stop practice and say, bring it in. And he'd have a little chat with everybody. You remember those, right? I do. All right, you know, we'll bring it in. So this particular time, just serendipity would say that we kind of convened very, very close to about 12 rows up in the AV was with an earshot. And Majerus said, you know, you just got to really try hard in life, guys. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you, you try hard, you get what you want. You know, you don't try hard. You know, it's kind of like really good coaches coach. Really bad coaches become ADs. <laughs> I had not heard that one. Yeah, he runs the show. And he, and he just likes to, he likes to let people know he did this well. But that was that's a good one to probably tell Coach Smith. <laughs> Okay. Perhaps you could try it out. No, <laughs> after a few more wins, <laughs> you got to win more yeah, to say well, that. Yeah, you, you, you need you, to win you more to say that stuff like that. And use it right. Yeah, timing is everything. Yeah, that was a good one. I don't know if I even told you that one, Deej. I had not heard that one. That's a new one. And we've talked a lot this I know. year. I know. During jazz games, but, uh, a lot of chuckles. You got to be. You got to be relieved. You were doing a high school game last night. You had to look at that score and think, yeah. If I were going to be doing a high school game, this was the right one. Well, I look the first thing I do, and you know, you can relate to this. This is my first miss of the year, um, but this high school thing has become something I love to do. It's 
just fun every year to take a little pause and go watch these guys battle. But I looked at the score. First thing I did was look at the score. I was like, and, and then I looked at the time, how long it took to play the game. And that wasn't so bad. So I figured, you know, Jake had the aesthetic issue, but at the same time, the brevity, that always helps. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it right there, Tim. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the high school tournament. Uh, more semifinals tonight and finals on Friday. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, you guys are the best. See you. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Greg Rebell, radio voice of the Cougs, is coming up. we got a win ticket Wednesday. Tickets to Santana at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater, August 21st. We'll give those away right after the break. Stay with us. This is DJ and PK, Utah's highest rated sports radio morning show for over 20 years. Ridiculously good. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. PK, it is time to give away the tickets on a win ticket Wednesday. We've got Santana tickets, caller 12 right now. 801-575-ZONE. Remember that number, PK. Not that, whatever you threw out earlier. What was that you made up? I don't know. 575-ZONE? 801-575-ZONE. Mine is Harlem, Mona Lisa. 801-575-ZONE. Call right now. Caller 12 is going to see Santana at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater, August 21st. I've seen Santana. And? How was the show? It's a different show. I saw him at the House of Blues in Vegas, which is a beautiful location. How is it a different uh, deal? What do you mean? Well, you said it was Oh, a- he's very, uh, like, spiritual. Not necessarily in a God sense, but, like, in a mystic sense. Mm-hmm. And he exudes love to the audience. His band does. He's a backup singer. He's not this the lead singer. And there's a lot of stuff going on. So, like, the first song goes on for, like, 20 minutes. Oh, really? Because he's a master guitar player. Right. And so that highlights it. But I would see him again. Yeah. It was, it was probably five, six years ago. Uh, and because he has a residency... At the House of Blues, there, I still, I think he still does. Uh, he's getting up there. He's pushing eighty by now. I bet. DJ PK, the John Watson Chevrolet Northern Utah High School Player of the Week Award honors the best boys and girls prep basketball players each week during the season. Our winners this week: Falatau Satuala and Adelaide Stevenson from Bountiful High. Satuala helped the Red Hawks reach the 5A quarterfinals with 15 points, seven rebounds, six assists, a steal, and a block in the 76-63 win over Cedar Valley. Then he had 16 points, 12 boards. Four assists, three steals, and two blocks in a 65-59 loss to Highland. Stevenson led the Red Hawks as they cruised to the 5A semifinals. She played the role of facilitator in the second round 67-54 win over Viewmont. Six points, six assists, four steals. And then went off for 24 points, nine rebounds in a 62-30 quarterfinal route of Brighton. See why new and used car buyers give John Watson Chevrolet more five-star reviews than any other Chevy dealer in Utah. John Watson Chevrolet, your five-star Chevy dealer. 
That's Satuala is the football star, isn't he? Yes. And, a and he's going to Cougarville. Big-time athlete, and I've watched him play a lot of football. I have not watched him play basketball. But just reading that, that was uh, what we used to talk about with Kirilenko, the stat stuffing, the 16 points, 12 boards, four assists, three steals, two blocks. He's a better athlete than everybody else, PK. <laughs> That's pretty clear. And he's a defensive back. He could be anything, but yeah, I think defensive back is uh, where he's going and how he's going to make his mark and get to the. Uh, well, he played uh, offense. He would be a receiver also. I think in high school they just try to you know get you the ball. Oh, I, might, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if I saw him as a return guy. I mean, it's been a while now, so I'm fuzzy on this. But he's basically man among boys at the high school level. I mean, he's the kind of guy like if you had ne- if you'd never heard of him. And if you never seen him and you just went to the game because the neighbor kid's in the game, right, and they're the visiting team, I guarantee you, PK, in the middle of the first quarter, you'd yeah, be yeah, going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that kid is wildly talented. Right. That kid's way better you, you, than everybody else. I've been, I've been covering – well, I don't do it anymore, but right. uh, covered high schools for many years. Yeah. And it, it took you – it would take you about less than a quarter. Yeah. And then in basketball, it would take you about two trips up and down the floor. <laughs> right. No joke. He's just a better athlete. He I can... saw – it's funny you said about uh, a athlete. There's a kid out of Albuquerque that's starting to get some run, mm-hmm. and he's a quarterback, and he was the Gatorade Player of the Year, blah, blah, blah. And so I looked him up, and he's listing because the Devils offered him – blah, 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 and I saw a bunch of schools offering him. And then he put out on Twitter, uh, he's blessed to receive an offer from the University of Utah as a safety. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, with Satuala, I think safety is the – I think that's where he ends up. But honestly, if you look at him, you're like, okay, he could be a corner, but maybe he's a little too big. He could be a linebacker if he puts on weight. You know, I don't don't know his – you know, maybe if you knew all his extended family, you'd have a better guess on, you know, what he's going to look like when he's 22, oh, 25. Oh, in that family. Junior? 22. Junior Satawala? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but, you know, he has a skill set. If he was a receiver or a tight end or a linebacker or a safety, a corner, none of that would surprise me. Yeah. Now, ultimately, what is his body type and where does he go? You know, that'll be sorted out. But he's that kind of athlete. He, could, he can do it. He can do it all. All right, DJ and PK, Greg Rebell, Radio Voice of the Kooks, coming up 9 o'clock. He's next, right here on The Zone.